What's up, everyone? Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green, and joining me on the other end to talk about a great game day five out in Germany is Dave Hein. Dave, how's it going, man? Uh, fantastic. Another another week of great games, great action, great performances, and uh, it's going to be fun going coast to coast. Yeah, it was another exciting week. Uh, let's start off the podcast with the team of the week, as we've been doing. The MVP from Hapoel Jerusalem, James Feldin, he poured in 35 points, made nine three-pointers. He also added five rebounds and four assists in a big win for Hapoel Jerusalem over Nimburg. David Stockton from Bayreuth, he helped them get their first win of the season, taking down Ostend. Stockton had 20 points, he hit four of six three-pointers, and he added four assists. Demetrius Nichols from Avellino, he put up 24 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and a 99-95 win over Banvit. Over to Bomberg, usually it's Tyrese Rice who's making the team of the week. This time, it's the big man, Stefan Yelovac. He had 30 points and 7 rebounds in a, in a really crucial road win at Antwerp for Bomberg. And our guest on the show today, Charlene Kloof, made the team of the week 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 steals in a big road win at Anvil. Uh, he, he was a key factor shutting down that great Anvil offense. Uh, Dave, what did you think about Kloof's performance this week? Uh, Kloff was was really fantastic. We'll go into it a little bit more later in the game, but you know he really took over that that game in the start of the fourth quarter, and really just set the tone for the for the for the rest of that game. Uh, in general, the team, you know, I mean, MVP, you can't really say anything. You know, Feldin was amazing. You know, anytime you hit nine threes and score thirty five, you know, you you know, unless somebody else has a uh, you know. Even more amazing performance, which very rarely would happen. Um, but you know, sometimes, like I think last week, we were pretty like, yeah, said, so, yeah, this is a pretty safe five. Nobody else really had great arguments, but I think this week was a couple of different uh, guys who who could have had an argument. Um, but you know, all of the the five guys who who were on the team definitely, uh, you know, were big parts of their team's success. So um, you know, congratulations to the five. That uh, that made the team. Yeah, yeah. Before we move on, who else? Uh, who do you think would have uh, had a pretty good argument to get in there that didn't quite make it this week? I think Aaron Aaron Johnson there with uh, Venspiels, You know, seventeen points, thirteen assists in a in a in a really a fun victory um, against Ludwigsburg. Vince Hunter uh, had another big game. Um, Twenty four points was great from the field. Caleb Green. Um, with uh with Avellino, twenty three points, nine rebounds, four four assists, and he kind of took over the fourth quarter, and then um and Jerry Crand and uh, you know, uh, you know he's he's been he's been one of the rocks for that that uh for that uh, Neptunus team, and they won again, and and uh but uh you know not quite enough to you know, yell about you know you can't argue with it you know he was a, an amazing performer and 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 really was crucial for them so. Uh, yeah, a couple of other guys have, have, have decent arguments, but you know, you know, the guys that, that are on the team, they're, they're there for a reason. Yeah, for sure. A lot of great individual performances this week. Uh, so like we said, we got Charlene Clove coming up on the podcast later. We had a, a great chat with him last night. A uh, really, really interesting guy. Uh, he's, you know, one of the top players on that five and O Murcia team. He's, uh, one of many guys who they brought back from the final four. So we asked him about, uh, Murcia's chances to return to the final four. 
before their hot start to the season. Uh, growing up in a really small South American country, the foundation that he's got now. So a lot of interesting things uh, from Charlene Clough coming up later on the podcast. Uh, before we do that, we're going to go through the groups, do a quick group-by-group group breakdown, talk about some of the best games of the week, and preview what should be another great round next week for game day six. Before we get into the groups, uh, make sure to download the official Basketball Champions League app if you want to follow along with all of the action there. You can watch these games on livebasketball.tv and check out championsleague.basketball. That's the official website where we've got a bunch of great stuff up there. Uh, Igor Jerkovic's help side column. Deacon Lloyd-Smith has his insider series to really take you behind the scenes of the BCL and into the minds of the coaches and the scouts and some of the uh, some of the guys who you, know, you may not notice but who have a huge role in the product that goes on the court. So check out championsleague.basketball for all of that, and let's jump in with Group A. Can Ludwigsburg produce their moment? Jones misses! Ventspils win! What a dramatic evening in Latvia! A one-point victory for Ventspils, 93-92! With overtime required. All right, starting it off with Group A, as I said at the top of the show, undefeated UCOM Murcia are at the top at 5-0. and They just took down Anvil 87-68. to Behind them, we have Avellino at 4-1, and Banvid are 3-2, and then Nizhny, Anvil, and Leman, and Vinspils, all 2-3, and four different teams there with the same record. And in last place... MHP recent Ludwigsburg last year, a Final Four team, still have yet to get a win on the season. They are at 0-5. Uh, Dave, let's let's start with this Nizhny-Leman game. Uh, Nizhny-Novgorod pulling out an impressive win at home, 87-71, to again without Kendrick Perry, who was their star in the early weeks of the season, but he's been out recently with an injury. Uh, what did you think about Nizhny uh, pulling out a 16-point win without Perry? Yeah, I, I, I think... Um... I think it was it was like you uh you know it was an impressive win you know uh they they brought in uh Darren Covens as a, as a as a as a as a uh as a replacement or at least uh, a fill in I was kind of looking around uh to see if there's any news on on Perry on how much how long he might be out um you know Dragosevich also did, still didn't play um uh, Ivan Strepkov kind of picked up with 9 assists the team had 22 assists scored 85 points after uh, being held to 60 and 51 points the last two weeks with just 15 assists, so they they seem to be able to 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 pass the ball uh, a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's it's a Lamon team that has also struggled. Um, so they they did have two wins, uh, but they really you know it was it was a good win by Nizhny. And you know, one thing with uh, with Lamon, you know, they're gonna you know to try to save their campaign. You know, they brought in now Jonathan Tabu from um, the, the Belgian Congo uh, national team player, 33 year old, give them some experience, but yeah, good win by, by Nisney again, uh, kind of wondering, you know, what's, what's up with Perry. And, and, and uh, I, I still think that without Perry and Rasevich, that, that that's going to be really hard to make it um, far into this tournament, into this competition. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you think there's any chance that Perry like got lost in a snowstorm or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the weather in, in uh I don't know the weather in 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 um in Novgorod, um but uh yeah, it's 
It's probably going to start getting cold. I saw he tweeted out that he was uh, not too pleased about the weather. So yeah, yeah. The, the reason I bring that up is we we were searching through Perry's Twitter feed looking for some info here, and uh, he tweeted that he was sick of the snow, and that was on October twenty eighth. So a, a long winter ahead for Kendrick Perry, but hopefully, uh, hopefully he heals up soon and gets back out on the court in the BCL because he's a really explosive player, and I, I would love to see him out there competing for this Nizhny team. Um, a couple interesting stats from this game. Lamont held Nizhny to three offensive rebounds, which is tied for the least in the Basketball Champions League this season. And that sounds like an impressive thing uh, until you realize that Nizhny made 59% of their field goals, which was the best percentage of the week, including 77% from two-point range. So they, they hardly missed any shots. So it's not like there were really any rebounds to have. They just hit everything. It was... It was it- Every, uh, coach wishes that they could play that well and hit their shots like that every week. Yeah, probably not Probably not realistic to replicate that, but a great offensive performance from Nizhny in this one. Uh, moving on, another team that had a really solid offensive performance and a strong def- defensive performance as well, Uka Murcia improving to 5-0 and with an 87-68 win on the road at Anvil. Uh, we mentioned it at the top, Charlin Kloof was amazing, uh, really dominated this game in the second half. He hit a buzzer beat from half court at the end of the third quarter and that seemed to be a huge momentum shifter for Morcia. It was a pretty tight game up until that point but after he hit that shot he really got going on both ends uh, made some great defensive plays he was getting steals getting out in transition hitting some three-pointers dunking on people like great great close performance uh, and, a, and a really impressive Morcia performance overall to shut down this Anvil team that we mentioned last week when we had their point guard Camille Lachin on the show. This was the top-ranked offense entering this game. Morcia held them to 68 points on the road. Uh, Dave, what did you what did you think about the Spanish side in this one? Yeah, this, that was the first time that that uh, that Anvil scored fewer than 82. Um, so definitely an impressive performance. Uh, 26 assists to just nine turnovers for Morcia. Um, um, 13 offensive rebounds. Uh, eleven rebound uh, advantage on the, on the on the boards. You mentioned you mentioned Clove. Um, you know there was the 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 really important buzzer beater, but you know I, I think I think just as important was also you know you mentioned the steals. You know three steals, and he had also a really big offensive rebound, and that ended up turning into his own three pointer. Um, so really, you know, just really took over that game. Um, you know, that kind of set the tone and, and Rudez came on and, 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 and had some, uh, I think he had, uh, seven points in the fourth quarter, 10 for the game. His previous high in the season was, was seven. Um, but yeah, just, you know, Doyle, 14 points, uh, Rojas, 15 points. You know, this was just a, a, a really solid team effort. Yeah, this is a really well-rounded Morcia team. Uh, we, we talk about that some uh, with Kloof on the interview coming up toward the end of the podcast. Uh, for Anvil, Lachinsky uh, had another game with 10-plus assists. So while, while the offense did get shut down a little bit, uh, he was still out there diving people up. And Chase Simon had 19 points. He is right now, he is second in the league in points per game and first among players who have played more than three games because Khalif Wyatt from Halone, he's in first, but he's been out the first, the, uh, the last two weeks. He's been out, uh, with an injury. So Chase Simon, 
one of the most consistent scorers in the BCL this season. Hopefully, uh, Anvil, for their, for their sake, hopefully they can get back on track next week. Uh, looking at another game in this group, Vinspiels with an exciting 93-92 win over MHP Reason Ludwigsburg. Like we said at the top, Ludwigsburg dropped to 0-5. They're only the second team in BCL history to start 0-5, joining Capo di Orlando last season, uh, the Italian team who also started 0-5. Uh, but Dave, let, let's look at the Latvian side here first. What did you think about Vinspiels pulling out this close, uh, close win? Yeah, this, you know, uh, I, I don't think listeners to the podcast, you know, they, they know that I'm, that I have a, a, a thing, let's say for uh, Jonathan Arledge, uh, you know, had another big game, 18 points, nine rebounds. Uh, I really like, uh, Rehards Lomas, um, a youngster as well with 16 points, five assists, four, four rebounds. Um, Gulbis, you know, led, led the way with, with 19 points. You know, um, you know, you're starting to almost feel bad for Ludwigsburg and these leads that they're losing. You know, um, they only led by nine, quote, only led by nine uh, in this game. Uh, but they led by five with 31 seconds left. And usually, you know, five by with 30, 31 seconds, you think you have a pretty good chance. And, um, you know, kind of a kind of a just a bad sequence, you know, no, you know Hill uh, gets the inbound pass and then uh, has a five second violation turnover there and then Lomas uh, hits the the game tying three pointer with 7.3 seconds to send it to overtime uh, and then uh, Lomas and Arlich at threes uh, in the extra in the extra session and uh, you know Venspiels pull out the win again you kind of feel bad for for Ludwigsburg um, but you know this is this is something that they are eventually going to, you know, get through. They're starting to lose ground. You know, you look at uh, 0 and 5 and there's four teams ahead of them with two victories already. And and now they have to play against Mercia next week. So um, it's starting to get to do or die for Ludwigsburg. Yeah, absolutely. Another, another tough break for them. Malcolm Hill in that game, 19 points, seven rebounds, only two turnovers. But like you said, one of them was absolutely critical and uh, in, in late game execution and holding on to leads again has been the big problem for Ludwigsburg. Uh, the last game of the group, Avellino, they improved to four and one, taking down Banvit in a shootout 99 to 95. We mentioned Demetrius Nichols made the team of the week, 24 points, seven rebounds, six assists. He ended up fouling out late, but he had a really solid performance, obviously, before we got to that point. Uh, Norris Cole, a bit quiet, but some rest of the guys picked up the slack. Uh, Dave, what did you, what did you think about Avellino in this one? Uh, really? You look at, uh, 32, ter- 32 free throws of 40, uh, to 12 of 22. Uh, and that really, you know, says all you need, you know, uh, 20 per 20 free throws more, uh, and a couple of, you know, bone and just, just not intelligent, not, you know, uh, leadership plays jordan morgan with uh about four and a half minutes gets the technical t- barking at the refs for for a foul that's his fifth foul so he's gone for the last four and a half minutes the game was still close perez also got a technical with uh just under three minutes left another point uh and you know you put all those together you know avelino you're like okay well you know sure they scored 95 points they uh, 99 they gave up 95 and you know they had 20 free throw advantage. This is a team that, uh, that, you know, they're not really able to put teams away. You know, you look at all those, um, 
you look at those stats, you think, okay, well, you know, it, you know, 20, 20 free throw advantage. It's maybe a 15 point, you know, 18 point uh, victory. You know, they only had nine turnovers, uh, Banvit did, you know, thir- 20 turnovers for, for Avellino. You know, Caleb Green really saved them in, in the end. You know, Cole wasn't really producing and, and, you know, but, uh, Green had nine points and four rebounds in the fourth quarter and, 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 and hit the big free throws. Uh, I think he had four free throws in the final, whatever, 15 seconds. So, uh, yeah, you know, Avellino four and one, Banvit, uh, three and two. You know, it's a road loss for Banvit. So at least you can excuse that. But, um, this, this brings up a couple of questions with, for, for Avellino. Perez was fantastic. You know, uh, 23 points, eight rebounds, six assists, uh, two steals. Uh, and yeah, but, you know, congrats to Avellino. And, and I tell you, man, it's, it's fun to watch though. You know, he's 99, 95 in, in regulation. Uh, that's a lot of, a uh, lot of scoring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the type of guy who will ever complain about a shootout. I think, uh, I think what you're seeing with this Avellino team, this is a team that has, I think, big aspirations in both the Italian league and the Champions League. And what it's, what it seems like to me is I think they know that they can outscore just about anybody. Like you look at Green, Nichols, Cole, um, Matt Costello, when he's in there, like these guys can put up a ton of points. And so what I think you're seeing in the early part of this season is these guys are not putting forth a great defensive effort. They're just trying to outscore teams because they know they have the talent to do that. They know that if the game's close late, they have the one-on-one scorers who can go get a bucket and and make the deciding factor. So I think that that's kind of what you're seeing here is just a a bit of a, a lack of defense or a lack of effort on the defensive end because they know how good their offense is. But that's a really dangerous game to play. You know, that that might work early on in the season. But if they continue to do that in the round of 16 or in the quarterfinals, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be in trouble. So hopefully that's something that they rectify as the season goes on. But for now, in the group stage, you know, it's it's hard to fault them because they're 4-1. and one. They keep picking up the W's uh, in these in these high-scoring shootouts. Jackson now moves to four points. It's two for three. Michael Bramas with a penetration. Gives up. Bill Vidmar wide open. Gave up. Vidmar fakes. Gaspar! Vidmar just ducks it right over. Telecom Baskets Bond's defense. Moving on to Group B, another undefeated Spanish team at the top of this one as the 2017 champions Tenerife are 5-0. and Right behind them, we've got Venezia 4-1, and Halone 3-2, and Nanterre, Pauk, and Bonn are all 2-3, and and in 7th and 8th place, Fribourg and Opava are both 1-4. and Jumping into this round, uh, let, let's start with Venezia at Bonn. Uh, that was one of the more interesting games from this group, I think, with Venezia pulling out a 94-84 win on the road in Germany. Uh, Dave, what did you have, uh, what did you have on this one? Uh, you know, I think down, you know, um, Venice, they, 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 they lost a 14 point lead early on. Uh, otherwise it was tight. And then, you know, really down the stretch, it was their, Big money players, you know, Austin Day and, and, uh, and, and Gaspar Vidmar, you know, they just were too strong. You know, Day had, had, had nine points, um, a steal and assist in the last seven and a half minutes. Uh, you, you look at Mayo on the other side, he's, you know, he had 26 points, but he didn't score in the final eight minutes. He did have three, three assists, but two turnovers and missed three threes. So I I think it was the big players down the stretch um, for for Venice coming up and you know they shot fifty eight percent for the game 
And I think it was just, again, too much of their big players. Yeah, Austin Day is just ridiculously smooth. And once that guy gets going, I don't really know if there's anybody in the BCL who could stop him with his combination of height, uh, his fluidity with the ball, his ability to get past guys off the dribble. He's got those like turnaround fadeaways. He's a good three-point shooter. Like Once that guy gets cooking, there's just really not much you can do. And that was essentially the difference. In this one, uh, two games that we'll just kind of skip over because they were huge blowouts. Tenerife completely destroyed a shorthanded Halone team, 84-52. to That's the largest difference in the BCL this season. Halone were again without Khalif Wyatt, who was their top scorer. So a, a shorthanded team on the road in Tenerife. I believe, Dave, didn't you say that was also the, the longest uh, trip in the BCL this season in terms of flight time? Yeah, we talked about that with uh, Javier Byron. Yeah, it's the longest one. Yeah, so not not really a, a realistic shot for Halone in this one. Uh, one interesting stat to note here, Sebastian Saiz, the youngster from Tenerife, he had a double-double with 10 points and 10 rebounds in less than 17 minutes. So that kind of sums it up for for Tenerife, a dominant performance from them. Uh, another blowout in this, in this group, Pauk with a 94-69 win on the road at Opava. Pauk shot the lights out. They made 16 three-pointers. 53% shooting from behind the arc. That was the best in the BCL this season. Uh, as they move to two and three, Opava drops to one and four. And the last game in this group, Nanterre, the French side, with a 96-87 win over Fribourg. Dave, what did you think about this one? This was another tight one. Uh, there was a, a 12-2 run in the uh, fourth quarter to to basically decide it. Uh, Nanterre uh, shot 49% from three-point range had just seven turnovers uh, and, and a nice, and a nice uh, bounce back performance by uh, Julian Gamble. Obviously he was the guy uh, who picked up the foul with 0.3 seconds left uh, against, against Pauk and uh, came back with uh, 17 points, uh, nine rebounds. So, um, you know, a good victory by Nanterre beating a team Freebore that they really have to, if they do want to, you know, have those aspirations of, of getting to the, to the, to the, to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a group that's pretty much wide open in the middle, I think. Uh, you know, you look at Halone in third place at three and two. They've looked really good at times, but if they're going to be without Wyatt for an extended period, they're definitely vulnerable. Uh, Pauk and Bond, you know, they've had great moments, but they've had really poor moments as well. So who knows how that's going to shake out. So there's there's some room there for Nanterre if, if they can keep it rolling here to get in. And, and like you said, Beating a team like Freeborg, beating Opava, like the the teams that were anticipated to be near the bottom of the group, those are the games you got to win if you want to advance. So a big win there for the French side. Feldin, the long three, icing on the cake. James Feldin puts on a show here tonight. All right, moving on to Group C, Hapoel Jerusalem and Ike Athens are both at the top at 4-1. and one. Fuen Labrada and Bomberg just behind them at 3-2. and two. Then we've got Belgian side Antwerp at 2-3, and three. Lied Cabellis also 2-3, and three. and bringing up the rear, Dijon and Nimberg at 1-4. and four. Uh, Dave, for this one, let's, let's start with Antwerp and Bomberg. I thought this was going to be one of the most interesting games of the week. It didn't disappoint with Bomberg pulling out a nine-point win on the road. We mentioned Stefan Jelovac, absolutely dominant performance, putting up 30 points in that game. And this was a really crucial win for Bomberg because 
I think you look at this group, and in my opinion, there's five teams that are really, really good with Antwerp, Bomberg, Fuenlabrada, Ike, and Hapoel, Jerusalem. So for Bomberg to, to get this win against another one of those top teams, I, I think puts them in a really good position moving forward. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I guess um, one of the prevailing topics of discussion for German teams is losing a big lead. They, they were up by 21 points. Uh, uh, in the first half and, and it was tied, uh, early in the fourth quarter. And, and usually, you know, for Bumberg, uh, fourth quarter is rice time, but it actually turned out to be, uh, Yelovac time. You know, he had, uh, he had nine points, two assists for, for those people who might not know Yelovac, um, you know, you think 30 points, Hey, wow. You know, he last year he played for Nizhny Novgorod and he scored 49 points in a game. And then the FIBA Europe Cup quarterfinals against Venice, uh, Venice, who won the tournament, uh, he had in the two games 28 and 12 and 33 and 15. So definitely showed that 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 this is something that he can do. And Rice in the fourth quarter, zero points, 0 of three from the field and just one rebound. Um, so you know this was a this was an un, uncharacteristic fourth quarter for for Tyrese Rice. Yeah, yeah, and Bomberg have to feel great about being able to win a game. <laughs> you know, obviously they they blew the big lead. They're not going to be happy about that. But to win a close game in which Rice goes scoreless in the fourth quarter, I don't think that's something that we necessarily would have expected going in. So maybe a, a, a bit of an encouraging um, you know point there for Bomberg with Yelovac. You know, like you said, that guy can get buckets. Uh, I've, I followed him for a long time when he was in Spain with Zaragoza. Uh, that guy has never seen a shot that he didn't like, and he's he's capable of hitting most of them. He's a tough matchup with his size and his shooting ability. Uh, so a, a big win for Bomberg there. Uh, for Antwerp, a couple interesting stats for them. Ishmael Baco, 25 points and six rebounds off the bench. He's been really, really solid in recent weeks. So keep an eye out for him as the season progresses. He's one of the best young big men in the competition. Uh, and Antwerp also had uh, 31 fast break points, which was the most in the BCL this season. So 31 of their 76 points came on fast breaks. That was a big part of their comeback, but they were unable to complete the win. Let's move on. Ike Athens, the defending champions, beat Fuenlabrada 78-71. to Ike with 32 points off turnovers and another huge performance from Vince Hunter. Uh, Dave, what you, would you think about the big man in this one? Uh, 24 points, 11 of 16. So in his first three games, he shot uh, from from the field uh, 42%. And then in the last two games, 23 of 28 for 82%. Uh, it's been just uh, amazing. Um I know we've also talked about, you know, Ike not, uh, you know, not uh, winning me over yet. I mean, look, the talent is, is amazing. They won this game without Sakota, without Cavadas. Um, 32 to 5 on points on turnovers. Um, and uh, they, they struggled from the three point range, just 29%. Uh, and they also struggle from the free throw line. Um, you know, 12, 23, 52%. They are last in the competition. Uh, in in free throw percentage um, with just 63%. They did hit 10 of 12 against Bumberg, which is 83%. Um, but, you know, these close games, they have they have way too much firepower at home to be, you know, playing even with with Fuenlabrada. Um, but that's going to happen when you when you when you miss uh, what's that 11 of, of 23 free throws. So 
look, the talent is there. This is a this is a fantastic group of of players, and um, but that they're still not there yet for me. <laughs> yeah, yet again, Ike with the win, but just leave us wanting a little bit something more. But you know, it's 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 still early November. Uh, they are four and one now, so even though you know they're, they've they've had some stumbles, at least they're able to pull out these W's. So I think they're going to be in a in a good position moving forward when we look at the playoff standings they'll probably go up against maybe the fourth seed or the third seed from one of these other groups uh but yeah like you said that free throw shooting not gonna cut it uh when the games get bigger let's move on Hapoel Jerusalem uh we'll we'll be quick here this one another blowout they beat Nimberg 88 to 64 uh, a couple incredible stats from this. We mentioned James Feldin with his 35 points and his nine three-pointers. But how about Hapoel with 61 rebounds, the most in BCL history, and 23 of those were offensive. This is this comes a week after they completely dominated Fuenlabrada on the glass. So uh, it, it's looking like this Hapoel team has found a, a really good recipe for success there. Well, I mean, yeah, but they also they also only shot forty one percent, yeah. Um, so and 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 even Nimberg only only uh, shot thirty five percent, um, you know. But this was just a clear, you know, two classes uh, uh, differences basically. Um, you know, look at Deshaun Deshaun Butler and jo- uh, Josh Owens. You know, they played nearly forty five minutes, scored seven points, but had twenty one rebounds among them. So yeah, it, it, this was, you know, 23 offensive rebounds, uh, you know, goes to 20 points, uh, second chance points. So yeah, just clear dominance. Yeah, they have uh, some fantastic athletes. Makes up for the, that uh, that lack of shooting a little bit when you're able to gobble up every rebound and, and get some putbacks. And then the last game in this group, Lid Cabellis, they beat Dijon 78 to 62 Seamus Yasaitis he made the team of the week a couple weeks ago another good performance from him 16 points uh three of three from two-point range three of four from beyond the arc Dave uh what'd you think about the Lithuanian side pulling out the win in this one yeah they they came in now with the new coach with Nena Chanak um and really they pulled away in the fourth quarter uh it was a three-point game and then went on an 11-0 run uh for the fourth quarter they they won uh 20 uh 28 to 18 uh, held held uh, Dijon to just thirty eight percent from the field, twenty three percent from three point range. Uh, David Holston had a three pointer early in the fourth, I believe, and had just uh, three points for for the game. Um, yeah, it, it, this was uh, you know this was probably the exact performance that the new coach wanted, and uh, you know it was almost also a must considering that they. Uh, at Dijon, a guy, a team that they definitely are going to have to leave behind them, uh, t- and now they're going to be ahead of them in the standings uh, at two and three, one and four for Dijon. Yeah, for sure. Leif Cabellas looked like they might be able to crash the party uh, there in Group C in terms of playoff teams. Lipovi has it. Brown waiting in the corner. Lipovi going it alone, rejected. And Zuli. And can they rub salt into the wounds here, Strasbourg? There it is. And the last group, Group D, at the top, we've got our third undefeated team, Bologna. They are 5-0, and joining Murcia and Tenerife as the only undefeated teams remaining in the competition. Strasbourg, they're 4-1 and after knocking off previously undefeated Prometheus, who also dropped to 4-1. and Then we've got Neptunus at 3-2. and And then in 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th place, Bayreuth, Olympia, Besiktas, and Ostend, all 1-4. and 
Uh, Dave, looking at this group, this is the one with the most separation between the top four and the bottom four. But looking at, at, at Bayreuth, Olympia, Besiktas, Ustenda, uh, do you think any of those teams have a good shot at, at coming back and getting into that top four and overtaking maybe a Neptunus or a Prometheus? You, I mean, you go into the season and you thought that uh, you know Prometheus and Neptunus would probably be you know, might not be in there and, and, and Bayreuth and Besiktas, maybe let's just say from names, uh, would probably be in there. You know, they're two games behind, uh, Bayreuth finally won a game. And, um, I sense there might be a change at the, at the point guard coming. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Uh, Besiktas, you know, they, they just haven't had any luck either in, in, in winning games. And so, uh, if if any of those teams, it'll be one of those two. Yeah, Besiktas have a lot of talent, uh, but unfortunately, they lost at home again this week, losing ninety to ninety four against Bologna. Uh, Dave, did you did you have any thoughts on this team? I I, I thought you know with Besiktas last week, um, I, I said that you know they had just been giving up too many points, and they weren't a team that had the offensive firepower to uh, to overcome that. And then this week again, they give up ninety four in the home loss yeah i i think it's there was there's just too much firepower from from bologna you know you look at you know taylor at 21 punter had 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 15 aradori 16 uh quali had had uh had had uh, 15 and 9 uh and, and they also didn't turn them over you know uh, bologna only had eight turnovers and 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 that's just you know you're not gonna in order to 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 win a game, you got to play some tough defense, and and getting just eight eight turnovers at home, um, you know, regardless of the quality of the team, if you want to win a game at home, you're going to have to turn the ball, turn the team over more than eight times, and and they just didn't have have weren't able to do it. That being said, you know, you know, Gibson was great. You know, Gibson with twenty two seven assists. Uh, Pua had you know another uh, solid game. Uh, I like him as a big, um, uh, but they just you know it's it's just. Uh, you know, coach, he's, he's got work to do and he's going to have to try to figure out, but I mean, he has, he's had so much experience, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's, he's, you know, racking his brain, trying to figure out how, how to get it done. And, and I can't imagine that there'll be the, that there'll be this much separation over the, the rest of the, the, the competition, just knowing, uh, of the, of the quality of this team. Yeah, and let's let's move on to another team that you mentioned as a as one that could potentially jump into that top four. Bayreuth they pick up their first win of the BCL season, taking down Ostend eighty seven to seventy one. We mentioned at the top of the show David Stockton made the team of the week with twenty points and four assists. But Dave, you're uh, you're not feeling super confident in uh, in the situation in the Bayreuth backcourt there. What what you got over there? Well, I, you know, uh, Coach Kerner, they were. Um, they've been struggling all year. Um, going into this game, they were three, eight, and one, uh, in, in Germany, the league, the cup and the, and the, and the BCL. Uh, and after the loss, uh, at home against Ulm, who had been struggling in the, uh, in the, in the German league, Kerner came out and said, you know, this, you know, I'm, I'm sick of the excuses and I'm sick of this watching this, you know, what every, every game, um, you know, we don't have anybody to help Dorrit uh, organize the tournament, uh, organize the offense, and so you know, Stockton he came up and had a, had a you know pretty big game numbers wise, numbers wise, you know, with the 20, 20 points, four of six threes. He did have four assists and zero turnovers, um, but 
I, I, I maybe this saves him a week or two. I don't, you know, but you know, because before this game, the the previous three games, he only had twenty three points. So they're definitely not super pleased with Stockton right now, and and so. Um, you know, next week they play at at uh, uh, at Fraport Skyliners in the German League, and that's a that's a pretty solid team. And so, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to go, but I know that they're not totally satisfied uh, with their with their point guard situation. Let's put it that let's put it that way. Then again, they did get the victory. They have to beat a team like Ostend if they want to go up. You know, only had seven turnovers. Um, but then again, they only had, they only, they, they turned, they turned Ostend over 17 times, but only had 10 points off turnovers. I know that's not the only stat in the world, but you know, th- this is a team Kerner knows that he's still got work to tr- try to do to figure it out. And, and the point guard is obviously so important. So that's one of the first steps that's going to be taken uh, into consideration. Um, I don't know when. Yeah. One team that does have it figured out pretty well so far, Neptunus, they beat Petrol Olympia 97 to 88 on the road to improve to three and two. Neptunus completely dominated in the paint with 56 points in the paint. Uh, Dave, we've, we've talked before about how we like this Neptunus team and they were able to pick up another good road win this week. Yeah, they scored 97 and only got four points from, from Kyle Weavers. <laughs> so you know that's um it's definitely something that you have to be be pleased about um olympia for their side you know one note that i wanted to to mention you know uh mesacek the 21 year old uh came back had a bounce back game with 16 points 5 rebounds he had gone scoreless in the last two games so it's good to see um the the youngster coming back and 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 get a get a have a good game but yeah, this is a really good Neptunus team. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of youngsters, uh, Gitas Mashulis for Neptunus, he had 16 points in 23 minutes. He's been really impressive this season, and he, he's a you know he's a mature kid uh, who's been really solid with the Lithuanian national team at, at the youth levels. Um, to to see him you know come out and, and have some solid performances, he got the start this week, had a really good game. Uh, that that's got to be encouraging for Neptunus. And then also Tomas Delinenakaitis poured in 20 points. He's now made 25 straight free throws in the BCL, which I believe is a league record. Uh, so yeah, and, and like you said, to get the, to put up 97 points to win on the road with Kyle Weaver only scoring four, I think that just speaks to the balance of this Neptunus team, and and hopefully they can keep it rolling in the coming weeks. And like Neptunus, another team that's rolling right now, Strasbourg, they picked up a big 83-78 to home win against Prometheus. This was probably the game of the week, in my opinion. A really interesting up-and-down battle. Prometheus started very slowly. They committed turnovers on their first four possessions. And then Rion Brown just absolutely took over. He was phenomenal. Uh, I think he had 11 in the first quarter, 18 in the first half, finished with 30 points. He was hitting three. He was finishing alley-oop dunks on guys. He was absolutely dominant for the most part. But then Dave Strasbourg and those veterans, they were able to make a big comeback in the fourth quarter and pull out the win. This was a 14-point game for Prometheus, and it was even a 10-point game with four minutes left. Um, And uh, the last seven minutes, 7.20, Brown didn't score a point. Um, they just never went back to him, you know, that, uh, you know, okay. Nazili had played pretty good defensive against, against him, but they never really went back to him. And, you know, I, I want to, I want to read it out. So, um, 
basically Green Mike Green came in, uh, had had a you know not a very good game at all. Um, it was an eight point game with three twenty, and and here's what what basically happened. So Green three. Green draws an offensive foul on Geekus. Some could say whether he he dove, you know, he flopped on the offensive foul, but drew an offensive foul. Assisted on a on a on a on a Nuzelli three. Um, got the defensive rebound on on a miss. Hit the layup. Drew an offensive foul on Meyer. Had the assist on Collins uh, jumper to tie the game. Then a couple of possessions further down, got the offensive rebound after a block by Traore. Uh, hit a layup with 38 seconds for a three-point game, and then drew an unsportsmanlike foul on Meyer with 12.4 seconds, hit the final two free throws for the final two scores. So of his 11 points, um, he scored nine of his 11 points in the final five, 320, had two of, of his three assists, had two of his uh, f- uh, two of his four assists, two of his three rebounds, and had three fouls drawn in the final 320. So... Of course, he's never going to make team of the week with the stats that he had. But if you and if you say the game of the week, which I think this was, he was clearly the best player in the final three twenty of a game. Yeah, yeah, completely took over there in the fourth quarter. Elsewhere for the Strasbourg team, Inzuli nineteen points, Nicola Long had eighteen, uh, Triore had twelve, Yusafa fall. Only four points, five rebounds. He was less effective as the game went on, but he was completely dominant in his first five or six minutes on court. So, th- you know, this is a tough, uh, a well-balanced Strasbourg team, and, and they're adding some firepower as well with uh, with Gerald Eddy coming into the team. I think next week he should be there. So this this is going to be a dangerous Strasbourg team throughout the competition. Yeah, and 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 you know Strasbourg has made forty point seven percent of their three points, uh, three point attempts this season, which is pretty solid already. Um, and Eddie is a um, is a is 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 known as a sharpshooter. So, you know, a six seven wing guy coming in and 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 giving them probably also some defensive, uh, uh, you know, some length on defense and stuff like that. You know, he will be a European rookie. Uh, but he is already 27 years old, so um, you know it will be interesting to see how quick he's able to uh, to 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 be incorporated. And if you get a shooter, you know you, you see how much danger, uh, you know how much you know how many problems that long gives them. If they can, you know, just always have a threat like uh, uh, on the wing. That's I, this is a team that I really like already, and I and I think that I'm going to like them even more. So that'll do it for our game breakdowns. Coming up next, we got Charlene Kloof, the great guard from Murcia, who's been a key factor in their 5-0 and start, and it looks poised to help them get back to the Final Four this season. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up and preview what should be a great game day six. Back outside to Kloof. Oh, that was a tough shot from Kloof. Olsen over to Kloof. Rojas, and all shooters roll, right at the end, oh, can you believe it, wonderful shot right, right across midcourt from Charlon Kloof, Kloof, the open floor goes in for the dunk, for his uh, energy is important, isn't it, to this Murcia team. On the show this week, uh, from uh, Murcia, uh, Charlon Kloof, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Oh yeah, it was a uh, it's a pleasure. It's um, yeah, never done this before, so it's um, definitely a new experience. But I'm very honored. 
Uh, well, uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, you've been playing really well in the Champions League, the Basketball Champions League again. Uh, you made it to the team of the week uh, this week with your performance uh, 15 points, five rebounds, five assists, and seven steals. Uh, again, in the win over Anvil uh, this week. Uh, I guess maybe just first start off with, uh, you know, what what was really working for you today, uh, this week? You really kind of took over. Uh, with that big uh, th- uh, buzzer beater at the third quarter and then the first, whatever, seven minutes of the fourth quarter, you really kind of took over the game. And uh, after Anvil had been kind of right with you guys, uh, maybe just talk about uh, this week's performance for you. Uh, yeah, this um, it was more um, energy uh, we needed. Like on the road, because you don't have your fans with you, you uh, the team needs to find energy, um, from um, from some other source, like uh, from from within, from from your own teammates, your coaches, and, and yourself. So I just try to provide um, energy for my team, so my my team can feed off it, um, play hard defense, and to just ignite the team to um, to play to play harder. Yeah, Charlon, you guys are returning a lot of guys from last year's team, like Sadiel Rojas, Ovi Soko, Kevin Tumba. Uh, do Do you think that's the main reason you guys have started five and zero this year? Yes, um, for, for sure. I um, we have we have a lot of guys returning, and our new guys are are great. They really buy into the system, so I think it's um, it really gives us. Um, I don't know if I would say the advantage, but it really uh, helps us out because you have very little time to prepare for Champions League games because you you just finished with a league game and then you have like maybe one, two days to prepare. So you going into the game, you have to depend more on 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 your own te- on your teammates, your coaching staff, your plays, and if you've been Together longer, uh, that process is a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. And one of the one of the new guys on the team, uh, Milton Doyle. I was wondering what is what has he brought to the club this season? Uh, he he brought, uh, I would say, uh, a consistent scoring scoring points. He um, he's a very good scorer, but at the same time, he's good at providing. Also, he's a very very smart basketball player so um yeah he provides um just somebody somebody else that that, that creates and it, it's not just the scoring or assist he also gets a rebound so he's just uh, uh a very good um added piece to the team um with with all these guys back uh you know maybe you know mercy are, are considered one of the teams that can probably be a contender for the title uh, what would you say the expectations are for 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 Mercer this year, and 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 what do you think you need to get back to the final four? Um, we need to we need to keep uh, keep our heads down and keep working. Um, of course, our goal is to to win it all, but you can't get caught up with the end result while not focusing on on, on the journey itself. So. You just got to keep our head down, keep working, keep getting better because we're still not where we want to be as a team. So 
So, uh, yeah, I, I would just say stay focused on now and make sure now is good because if now is good, uh, later on you don't have to worry about it. Uh, going back to last year when you guys made it to the to the Final Four uh, in the semifinal against Ike, I know you probably had one of your worst games actually in a long time. Um, you were scoreless, missed six shots, had a turnover in just under 10 minutes. You know, other than playing at Eurobasket 2015, that was probably your biggest moment on the court. And, you know, to, to look back and, and think that, you know, in, in that moment you, you struggled. And, you know, how much does that performance, you know, let's say, aggravate you or, or, or motivate you looking forward? Um, I mean, those type of moments you, you, you take into the summer and you work, you work your, your tail off to make sure that never happens again. Um, so, yeah, every every workout in the summer, um, like, because you get, you, get, you get at a point where you're very tired because it's the summertime, so it's not like somebody is, um, you're obligated to work out. But then every time I would get tired or not feel like going to work out, that moment would definitely be one of the moments to, to motivate me to to get on the court and and work on my craft. You heard all those Ike fans cheering against you again, didn't you? Oh yeah, the, the fans, the the uh, I could see the uh, the shots that I missed, the shots that I took, uh, watched tape a whole lot. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a, 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 a tough a tough game uh, for me for the team. But uh, yeah, I uh, I made sure that I, w- I worked I worked really hard, and I think uh, I think I'm a better player this this season. Cool, yeah, uh, Charlene, you've got a, a pretty interesting backstory uh, coming from Suriname in South America, and and I got to be honest with you, man, I'd never even heard of the country until I until I started like doing some research on you. Um, it's like. 500,000 people or, or something like that. And, and so I was just wondering, how did you, uh, how did you find basketball and, and who were some of your role models coming up? Because I, I can't imagine basketball is, is like a very popular sport there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't really have, uh, have role models like that because it's, to say you'll you'll become a professional basketball player in in, in 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 Suriname is at that time at least it was like it was almost like saying you want to become an astronaut. So <laughs> so um, I didn't really have role models like that, but I had I had my parents, I had my brothers that they just believed in me. Like we have this I don't know this support system for each other that. No matter what goal we set, we support each other and we make sure that we're in the best possible position to to reach that goal. So I just I just started working. Um, I we didn't even because at the time there was no internet, no YouTube or whatever. So we just uh, me I still remember me and my dad just in the backyard just dribbling up and down. We didn't know what moves between the cross or whatever. We just did the the simple stuff: <laughs> passing, catching, layups. And if you do that enough times, you'll have some base. And I was, um, I'm, uh, the Lord blessed me with some physical, 
um, advantages, I would say. And yeah, that that helped me get to uh, get to this level. So um, yeah, my biggest it was just hard work, hard work, and uh, my family being there for me. Actually, if you look at Suriname, um, you know it's a Dutch colony, and it's actually kind of well known in the world of football soccer. Um, you know, actually from yeah. the capital of. Perimabo, you have some of the absolute legends of of uh, of Dutch soccer. You know, you have Edgar Davids, uh, uh, Clarence Seedorf, Johnny Johnny Floyd Hasselbank were all uh, born there. The fathers of uh, Patrick Kluivert, um, Ruud Gullit, and um, yeah. and Frank uh, Ricard was 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 football soccer ever an option for you? And 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 is 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 soccer football is that uh, a sport that that uh, that the people on in that country really follow, and and how did you not get into that? Uh, yeah, so- soccer is bigger, but there's still no real profession. There's no no uh, real professional league in China. So, but but soccer is the 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 main the main sport. I would say um, the b- biggest reason also why soccer is um, the biggest sport is. I mean, it's easy to to start. Um, playing soccer because um, yeah, all you need is, or at least when I was growing up, all we all we used was some some shoes to make the goal, and yeah, we <laughs> start kicking a ball with basketball. It's a little bit different. You need to make something, and you need to do a whole lot. So yeah, um, that's why uh, I think soccer is definitely uh, ahead of basketball in Sam. But I just didn't. Um, Soccer wasn't that big of a challenge for me, and growing up, since I was uh, since I was fast, um, I was pretty good at in, in, in street soccer. But when I started playing basketball, I, I landed. I ended at a practice by by some of that accident. A friend of mine who was gonna start, he asked me, and um, he um, it was gonna be his first practice. So and he didn't know anybody over there. So he asked me just to come join him, and I was really bad at it. Like really, I was the worst player <laughs> on on the team. And up until then, I was one of the best in class, one of the best in whatever we would play, sprints, whatever. And so for me to be the worst at something, I don't know. That just uh, triggered me to be like, okay, this there's something special about this sport. And as I started working, working, and then seeing the result as I got better little by little, um, I just fell in love with with, with the sport, with um, with the skills, with what you need to become better, the, the commitment you need to come to become better and stuff. So uh, I would say the challenge um, uh, made me fall in love with, with basketball. You. You are, I guess, defined as the CEO of One Sports Suriname Basketball Academy. Um, I, I saw in an interview you said uh, one of the goals was to have kids who are better than me. Um, and then you also tweeted, uh, met some of Suriname's best talent last night. Watch out, world, because they're about to take over. Um, I guess I guess it's about a year or so. I guess it was last summer that you started it. Maybe just in, in general, um, you know, what – 
what exactly is one sports and, and what are some of your goals and, and maybe what you think about the future of basketball in the country. Are we going to see more, more players come from there? Yes. Um, yeah. One sports is um, a nonprofit organization that me and my brothers, uh, me and two of my brothers do. Uh, and my brother, Donnie Simpson, he, um, he's the head coach of it. And he lives in Syrianse, and we try to uh, scout the the most talented uh, basketball players in Syrianse, and we try to work uh, we uh, work them out. We and not just basketball, but we try to give them sort of a sense of what it takes to become the best, and not necessarily at at basketball, but just to get the most out of your potential in, in life, in, 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 the, in the classroom, on the court. And just, uh, and the, the goal uh, is to make generations after me realize that it's not, if you want to become a professional basketball player, professional athlete, it's not like saying you're, you want to become an astronaut. It's like saying you want to become a doctor. You just got to go to work, you got to work hard for a lot of years to um, eventually um, have a really great um, prize of becoming a professional basketball and um, earning money uh, while doing the things the things you love. So right now we have um, two guys in college. Um, this coming year, uh, more than likely, we'll have two guys that um, go also. So um, we just want to make make. Suriname, the kids, but also just the country aware of the possibilities we have. You only you just gotta work hard and have faith. It's not it's not impossible for, for somebody from Suriname to make it to the big to to the top of the world. Because it's 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 sometimes it seems far fetched, but if you just put your head down and, and work, have faith. Um, it's definitely possible, and I'm um, every every day um, or every summer when I'm there. Uh, our practices are not just basketball. We we teach a lot. We talk a lot to the kids just to make sure they they really believe in in the idea we have. They really believe in themselves, and I would say it's um, it's definitely growing. I remember the the first practice we had or the first. A meeting we had with the parents, the parents started asking questions about, like, aren't they practicing too much and stuff like that? And a year later, once uh, two, of the, two of our guys went to college and they saw that the system works, a year later, um, basically the same parents were asking, like, uh, if they could talk to us separately to set up a special plan for their kids to... to to, to guide them and, and, and show them how to, how to reach their potential. So, yeah, I would say it's growing. Um, the, 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 the community is behind us. So, yeah, we, um, we're on the right path. And I hope we can have a lot more um, players from Suriname in, um, in the Spanish League, in, in college, in the, in the top of Europe, in the Champions League. Uh, and yeah, that's that. That's basically our our goal. Uh, they definitely have a good flag bearer with you. Uh, I wanted to ask about your Twitter handle, 
Twitter Twitter handle uh, Charlemagne five nine seven five nine seven is pretty clear. That's the uh, country calling code for Suriname. Uh, Charlemagne, any connection to the Holy Roman Empire, uh, the father of Europe? What's 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 uh, Charlemagne? Uh, Charlemagne, uh, what's that about? Yeah, it is. Um, it it is exactly that, and um, I will say I um, I like the name as soon as I read who it was, what he did, and I didn't even read um, a whole lot about him, but the first things I saw, I think it was on Wikipedia, that I saw about him was um, just overcoming and and, 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 and um, sort of taking the world by storm. I um, I was drawn to that. I, I really, I don't know, I like, I like that part of the story. I, again, I don't know the whole story about it, but for me, that's the part I focus on. And um, I see, that's how I see myself as in, um, um, for sure now, that's what, that's what I want to bring, bring uh, for sure now. I want to bring uh, Suriname to, to the world. I want to bring the world to Suriname. And uh, I hope, I, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm on the right path, but, there's still a whole lot uh, I need to do. Yeah. Um, bring, bringing it back to the court. Uh, well, kind of, I guess um, it's, it's hard to watch you guys and not notice the fact that everyone's rocking a pretty mean mustache right now. Um, I was wondering what's, what's up with, what's up with the mustaches? Like Kate, like Emmanuel Kate is, is like it, that, that thing's massive right now. So what, what's, what's going on there? Oh, we, uh, Alex, Alex started it. And like I said, like this team, I don't know, uh, I don't know how it is in other teams, but this team where it's, 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 like it's a little cliche to say we're family, but we're definitely like real good friends just in the, like the locker room. There's always, it's never quiet. The locker room's never quiet. Somebody's always clowning somebody, somebody's always clowning. So, when when uh, when Alex came to practice uh, one day and he had that, I, everybody was like, "Whoa!" And but at the same time, <laughs> I, I could I could see that. So we just said, "Hey, we're gonna we're, I'm I'm doing it too. I'm doing it too." So now we got a, a couple of guys doing it, and yeah, it just that just shows the bond that we have as as a team. Where uh, yeah, there's a lot of love in in, in our team. We um. If somebody has a good game, there's there's no no envy, no nothing. It's we're winning. You had a good game. Thanks for helping us get this win. Like it, it's very we're, we're we're very competitive, but um, at the same time, making sure we have the same goal, and that's winning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, and, and speaking of teammates and, and friends and, uh, kind of that bond, uh, I noticed you posted on Instagram a few weeks ago, a picture of you and Demetrius Conga, who you played with at St. Bonaventure. And I was just wondering what, what's it like to, uh, what's, what's it like to compete against your former college teammate in the champions league like that? Oh, it's, it's, it's great. Um, uh, cause me and, me and, uh, Demetrius, where we've been friends since college and we've been in contact, we've uh, visited each other and stuff. So we're, we've been friends for a while. And, but at the same time, 
we're fierce competitors. So whenever we're going to play against each other or something like that, we're, we're always talking to each other. We're always going at each other. Like there's no holding back because we know each other. It's more of a, I'm going to go harder because I want to see where you are right now. I want to see how good you, you become. I want to, I want to see, I want to show that um, I'm the Bonaventure guy that's better than, that's better than you. Like that's, that's the type <laughs> of uh, rivalry competitiveness we have. So um, yeah, it's, it, it's fun. It's fun playing uh, against, against Demetrius. And uh, crazy enough, I've played against Demetrius. This is my fifth year, and I've played against him, I think, four, three times, like on different leagues and different teams. So, yeah, I guess um, we're supposed to compete against each other and see who's the best. Um, I saw in the Le Mans game you had nine points, two assists. Uh, he had six points, three rebounds, two assists. Uh, you got the W. Uh, have you started talking trash about uh, uh, December 12th uh, in Le Mans in France? Uh, what are you looking forward to in that game? Oh, yeah. Um, even even, even uh, right after the game, uh, <laughs> I was already talking, talking crazy too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and um, almost after every game, we, we talk a little bit about how the game went and all that stuff. So, and it always comes down to, you know, next time I'll meet you again. And he says, next time it'll be different. So it always ends up with us playing again and <laughs> seeing who's going. So, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a good one because he had a bad game against us. So knowing him, he's definitely going to go twice as hard the next game just to show show us and show me that, it was just that one game. It wasn't. There's no no duo, no second times or whatever. Uh, before we get to that, we have uh, you guys uh, traveling to MHP Reason Ludwigsburg next week. Uh, undefeated uh, team going against uh, a winless team. Uh, maybe just a couple words about your thoughts about that game. Uh, I think those games are kind of the the most dangerous games because. Uh, the tendency is, um, as an undefeated team, you'll relax. And the tendency for them is, hey, we have nothing to lose. We can go all out and see 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 what happens. So it's a it's a very dangerous game for us. But um, yeah, we this is the point where you have to show show maturity, show um, show that you're not just some regular undefeated team that you you gotta rise above it and and really differentiate yourself from from the rest. So yeah, we'll 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 stay focused, uh, keep working, and we'll go with the same mindset as the other games. Charlotte Clof, the the man from Suriname, the Charlemagne of Suriname. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been fun, <laughs> and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thanks, Charlotte. All right. Thanks again to Charlene Clove for taking some time to talk to us. Uh, Dave, what did you, what did you think about our interview with Clove? Uh, yeah, just a, a, a really fun 
a really fun guy and I, I uh, really exciting to see, you know, him talk about, you know, his homeland, uh, a country that maybe a lot of people might not know about. Um, and he's just so much fun to watch, so much energy, the, the athleticism. You know, I saw him for the first time at Eurobasket 2015 and, and I thought, wow, man, this guy's spectacular. And it's cool to see that he's, you know, this is his second year in the, in the, in the BCL and, you know, is really starting to take charge. Um, and, you know, it's just looking up more and more. And so it was cool to get him on and, and, and have him tell his story a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was really interesting what he was saying about how he fell in love with basketball for the first time. And the reason he loved it was because he was terrible at it and he was so used to so used to being great at everything. And so this this game that challenged him so much, you know, he he just set his mind on mastering it. And I think you can kind of see that in the way he plays, you know, just his energy, his aggression, like you said. Um, this is a guy who plays like he has something to prove and plays like he, you know, he he will take on all challenges and, and, and go out there and just give it his all. And so it's cool to see a player like that in the BCL. Uh, let's take a quick look at game day six before we wrap this up. Some of the best games from the week. Uh, looking ahead to Tuesday's schedule. I'm really excited about Neptunus and Prometheus in that Group D matchup. I think that one's going to be great. Uh, Dave, anything from Tuesday's slate jump out to you? That that one is the first one I wrote down. Um, I, I think the Banvit home game against Anvil is going to be uh, a good one. Uh, Anvil's going to want to, you know, they've been able to play well on the road, and so maybe to to go into a tough atmosphere with that with that Banvit crowd. Um, and and then you know the. The one uh, that that you know, um, Charlotte Kloff just uh, talked about. You know, Marcia undefeated at uh, five and zero, going to zero and five, and becoming more and more desperate. Ludwigsburg. So, uh, yeah, I, I, those those three are definitely up there, and and looking to see also because of group dynamics. Um, you know, those are probably the three of the most interesting games for me. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then we got a great schedule on Wednesday, uh, some really, you know, high profile powerhouse type games. And this one, Broza Bomberg hosting Hapoel Jerusalem. That one's going to be awesome. We've also got Bologna hosting Strasbourg, 5-0 Bologna versus 4-1 Strasbourg. So that one's going to be amazing. Uh, Dave, what's, uh, what, what are you thinking about Wednesday's schedule? Which games are you going to check out? Yeah, those two definitely are, are 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 way up there. And then probably the other game that that kind of you know, jumps out, I guess, is is uh, is uh, Ostend going against Besiktas. You know, there's there's four teams that are that are one in four, and uh, and are already two games behind Neptunas. So you know, if Ostend if they want to have any chance, this is going to be, it's not do or die yet. Um, but you know, we're getting there. We're getting to the point where if you're two, three games back, you know, that's a major hill to climb, especially with so many teams. So, you know, and Besiktas, you know, this is a team, uh, Ostend that they have to, vic- they have to beat. If they don't beat, vic- if they don't beat them, um, okay, it's on the road, but if they don't beat them, then, then, you know, then there's some really problems, real problems in Istanbul. So, but so that 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 one again with group group dynamics that that one is uh, is kind of out there saying you know watch out um, uh, if Ostend can steal that one then their chances look a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. We've got five weeks down. Things are starting to look really interesting in the BCL. We're almost halfway through this regular season. Remember, uh, every team plays fourteen games in the regular season before we cut 
half the teams, the top four from each group will advance. So next week, game day six is going to be pivotal for some of these group standings uh, and, and group dynamics moving forward. Dave, did you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, just another great week of action coming up. Uh, it was fun talking about uh, round five of the games and uh, look forward to talking about uh, round six. All right, so that'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks again to our guest, Charlene Kloff from UCAM Murcia. For Dave Hine out in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. <laughs> <laughs>